You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan and Steve Peters in studio, but we are joined today by a very special guest that we were really excited to talk to. It's former Arizona Coyotes defenseman Keith Yandel. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. What an intro. Uh, how long was that music? <laughs> yeah, I know. Buddy, buckle in. <laughs> That's oh why we start drinking God. early here. Get paid by the minute. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Speaking of that, Keith, now you're entering a new stage of your life. In, in, your, in your old life, everything was regimented. When you had to be a drink, when you had your meals, when you had to get to the bus, to the plane. What's your time like right now with no schedule and no commitments? Well, I got the warden telling me where to be and where not to be, <laughs> uh, what time to be there. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's actually it, it's the first time in a long time that I can ever remember where I've had some freedom in my life to kind of do what I wanted, what I want to do and when I want to do it. But it's also kind of one of those things where you're like, oh, man, I feel like I should be somewhere right now. But um yeah, it's it's been a nice change of pace, not having to answer to anyone besides um, uh, my family, and just kind of do what I need to do at any time. But it, but for this is your first training camp you've missed literally since you've been an adult, and and so was that hard? Is it like okay, I should be in the gym right now, I should be running right now, I should be on the ice right now, and did, was that sense of I'm not in the right place doing the right thing? Was it awkward? Uh, not really. It was, I'd say the, the most, like maybe like the first two weeks of the summer where it was kind of when you, you go home for a little bit and you kind of see everybody. And then, you know, you, in your mind, you're supposed to be getting ready to get, you, you going to the gym or skating, whatever the case is. And for me, it was just doing a whole lot of nothing. So, uh, that, that was probably the time in the beginning of the summer where I was like, oh man, I really have nothing to do here and I uh, got to fill some time here before I go crazy. But uh, it's been, especially the last couple of weeks when, you know, I've been talking to a lot of the guys that I played with or that are still playing and seeing how hard their training camps are. And uh, it, it, right now I feel great because, uh, you know, you're not, you're not going through those, 
you know, two a days and, and all the stress of the season coming up. So uh, the, la- the last couple of weeks have been very much at ease. By the way, this stage of life that Petey talked about is called old age. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he looks like look how young he is. He's still a kid. He, he also said us. I was yeah. an adult. Yeah, I know. I did use the term adult. Like you were, you were not an adult when you first walked into this league, buddy. Sorry, you weren't. You were a kid. I'm still not. I'm still not so. <laughs> so, by the way, how were parent-teacher conferences today? They were good. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I always, te- I always text or call my mom after those parent-teacher conference and apologize to her because I remember her coming home from parent-teachers conferences and just laying into me of <laughs> how bad I was doing in school and, and going to school and when the teachers are telling me how good my kids are doing, it uh, you know it really warms my heart. So I, I, I feel bad for my mom that she had to deal with that for you know 10 years or whatever it is. And um, yeah, uh, very grateful my, my daughters are great students and, and great kids, uh, great, um, you know, classmates. So it, it, it's, you know, bad kids. I probably wouldn't go and just send the wife. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As, as PD alluded to earlier, you obviously broke the news on spitting chicklets with your former teammate, Paul Bissonnette, that you were retiring. So I, ha- I have to ask a question because I have talked to a few people. I wrote a story on you. That's also on our website this morning. But one of the stories that I heard is that, Paul Bissonnette was a frequent guest in your hotel rooms on the road, sometimes sleeping as, on a cot as the third person in the room. If, if he was lucky, he'd get a cot. A lot of the times he would, uh, he was one of those, we, we would order dessert, especially when it was me and Vern Fiddler were roommates and uh, Biz would always come out and, you know, come over after dinner and, and hang out and, uh, you know, have a glass of wine or two. And he'd, he'd fall asleep at the the end of my bed. The long <laughs> like way. a little puppy? <laughs> yeah. And so a lot of the times we would actually not a lot of the time, I'd say probably a handful of times we would wrap them up in like the extra blanket and put them in like a cocoon and pick them up and put them outside in the hallway. And <laughs> He'd wake up and I, I remember one specifically we were in Detroit at that Western Cadillac, you know, just not not a great hotel. I mean it is what it is, but in the middle of the night you just hear stuff him banging on the door and we didn't know it was him, so we thought we were late for practice or whatever the case was. So we jump out of bed and Biz just standing there, he's got no shirt on, the blankets over him. <laughs> he's like, You guys left me outside, what the hell's wrong with you? We were like, All right, come on in. Oh man, that's hilarious. Um, Well, you know, I know retirement is is a hard thing to come to for a lot of players. A lot of people know when it's time. A lot of people don't. How was this decision for you? How did you know? And was it difficult or did it come pretty easily to you? No, it was pretty easy. I think um, during the season last year, I'd say even during the middle of the season, there were just times where I just, I, I knew deep down, I was like, all right, this is it. Just, you know, finding ways it, it, it was kind of one of those things where you, before you just you enjoy going to the rink you enjoyed every part of going to the rink whether it was going to do rehab if you were hurt a little bit and just everything about going to the rink you enjoyed and you know there was a few times during the year where it's just like okay do I really want to be doing this um you know what's going on right now and then and I think once it gets in your head you kind of know so for me I, I knew and um you know, lucky enough, I was able to go out on my own and, um, you know, not, not, not in a way where I, I got hurt and wasn't able to play. So I, I was definitely, uh, happy the way it ended. And, um, 
you know, excited for the next chapter. You talk about this is the first training camp in the National Hockey League in 16 years that doesn't have Keith Yandel in it. Yeah. So more, can more you take us? How about that? What? Well, because when he was drafted, he was in camps too. So yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah. more than when he played. Yeah. I don't. I didn't care for those guys. That they're just there for camp, like HK. <laughs> yeah. Didn't even literally didn't even know their names. Because why? Like why would I? Do yeah. Why would? Sorry, Yance. Yeah. Like, so why so PD obviously had that personal HK. touch as a coach. That's yeah. good to hear. HK. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. I got HK. other stuff I got to do. Sorry. Yeah. So someone's got to press play. So t- exactly. <laughs> so take us back. Take us back to one of those. Take us back to your very first one after you're drafted. Take us back to that first training camp. Who's there? veteran wise what's it like walking into that room because as your career evolves you're the veteran but what's that like that first time you walk into the nhl room first time was crazy that was when remember like brett hall was there (laughs) Um, at the gila yeah yeah and and for me i was like going into a room with him and um cujo was there um obviously donor um Nasher, like guys that you 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 seeing on TV your whole life, and and you know dreaming about even being on the same ice with them. And for me, I was like, oh my god, what is going on? But it was a little bit of a whirlwind for me because my first training camp, I was still I was a junior in high school when I was drafted, so I was supposed Good to go Lord. back to, to I was supposed to go back to high school my senior year. And then, um, you know, I kind of made my decision late in the summer that I was going to play juniors. And then, um, you know, when you're a junior player, you can go to camp. But I had never worked out before. I'd never, like, trained like that, like those guys do. So I went into camp, like, literally had no clue what was going on. Um, Probably the longest flight i ever been on from Moncton to um, Arizona. So it it was a crazy world i remember i had a uh, a suitcase it was like the worst suitcase you've ever seen and uh <laughs> when when i landed in phoenix it had busted open oh, no. all my stuff all my stuff was all over like the um what's it called where you pick up your bag the bar- yeah, bag good carousel, oh, yeah. no. and i'm like oh my god who's like i waited for everyone to leave and then put my stuff together so i just let it go around for like 35 minutes <laughs> not cleaning it and uh <laughs> Yeah, for for me it was a crazy whirlwind, um, and then but but I think I think it worked out. I think it worked out well. Just that next year, just kind of knowing a little bit more and uh, and knowing what to expect. Uh, obviously, that year going into junior, I knew, well, I knew I wasn't going to be playing in the NHL. I was just out of high school, so it was kind of one of those things where I knew I was going to junior, going to play, and then uh, hopefully the next year going to camp and and you know try to prove myself. How did you make that decision to go to Moncton? When I talked to Mike Barnett, he talked a little bit about you know the the opportunity to to host the Memorial Cup. Teddy Nolan was coaching there. There were a couple of obviously players who made the NHL as as well as you. But how did you make that? Because were you weighing maybe going to college as well after that, or going to UNH? Or yeah, so that was that was before the uh, the whole NIL deal. So they couldn't pay players, and you know I just wanted to get that money. <laughs> yeah, money. <laughs> gotta get paid. Yeah, exactly. No, for me it was uh, I I had to do a summer class, and um, it was it was a Monday night. I'll never forget. I was like I had like a four hour class. Um, I called my mom after the first hour. They had like a cigarette break every hour because <laughs> there was a lot of like older people. So it was uh, it was the first 
after the first hour, everyone's out there smoking cigarettes. And I, I called my mom on the payphone and I said, come and get me. I can't do this school stuff. And, uh, and she was like, what are you going to do? And I was like, I'll, I'll go play junior and whatever, try to figure it out. And, um, I, I wanted to go to the Marines too. So I knew I kind of had that if I wanted to do that, if it didn't work out, I could have fell back on that. Um, looking back, I know now that I'm definitely not tough enough to be a Marine and, um, yeah, it just kind of uh Chikudami had drafted me and yeah. they didn't have they didn't have a lot of English players. It was kinda of at the time where the Quebec League was trying to get more Americans. So they uh they were able to move me to a team that, you know, had a little more money and they were able to help me out. And um yeah, it was definitely a great decision for me with uh the team hosting the Memorial Cup and um Teddy Nolan as a coach and amazing players there. Our team was awesome. So, uh, yeah, it, it was kind of one of those things that just everything worked out and uh, very grateful for it. Uh, going to your draft day, when the day you were drafted by the Coyotes, we want to dive into that a little bit. The draft that year was a little bit odd. It was that lockout year. There was They moved it to a Weston ballroom. Everyone was all over the place. Um, but what do you remember about your draft day? I remember my parents going out to buy a computer that day to get in the Internet to um, – because it was all unless you were a top you know 10 pick i think i think those guys were invited to the draft and then everyone else just kind of you had to wait it out at home so for us it was um it was a day it went it went really quick because they, they did the whole draft in one day and it just kind of just came and went and i, I remember kind of logging in it was during i don't know if it was dial up days or whatever <laughs> but uh you see the first pick and then, you know, 10 minutes later, 15 minutes later, there'd be 10, 15 guys picked. So you couldn't really keep up like you could nowadays, but, um, yeah, it was, I, I got a phone call. Uh, I don't exactly remember who the phone call was and they were like, Oh, Wayne Gretzky's going to be calling you. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, why would Wayne Gretzky be calling me? And they're like, he's, you know, he's the coach of the coyotes. Uh, and I was like, all right, uh, pretty cool. So, for me, it was uh, it, it was we had, we had a lot of people over the house, um, and uh, you know it, it was exciting to be able to share it with my my family, my parents, um, our friends, and stuff like that. So it was a special day, and uh, you know we had we I, I I do remember we had a lot of fun that night. Was Jerry Buckley your agent the whole time? Yeah, he's been uh, he's been my guy since I was you know I think that age, seventeen, eighteen years old. So yeah, he's sitting in his beach house right now. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, thanks, Anthony. Thanks to you. Thanks to me. <laughs> no big deal. Did, did he uh, prep you for that day? Did you know what to expect? Because it's, I mean, it can be crazy for a lot of players. Yeah, not at all. It wasn't. Not at all. It wasn't like it was, he was just taking it, your it, money. It wasn't like it was now. I think he was, he was kind of new to it too. Not, not that he was new. He had worked under Bob Murray, um, you know, as kind of like a number two guy. Um, and Bob Murray had a lot of NHL guys, Keith Kachuk, Billy Guerin, guys from the Boston area. And so I don't know how much Buck had been through the uh, draft process. And, you know, I think the whole, the, the way the draft was that, that year, it was a little different for everyone. So um, I don't think there was much to really prepare for or to get me prepared for. It's just kind of, Hey, if your name, if your phone number gets called, uh, answer the phone. <laughs> I wanted to, ask a little bit more about your Coyotes experience. We're going to, we're going to get to your retirement a little more in, in, in later in the show, but 
when you got here, we talked a little bit about this and I talked to Shane about this, like a bunch of people, you said you tried to be a little more low key because you're around all these veterans. But when I talked to Marty Hansel, when I talked to Shane Doan, when I talked to Dave Tippett, they're like, Oh no, that was his personality from the day he arrived. So maybe there, there's a little disconnect there. Maybe, maybe you perceived yourself as being more low key, but your teammates definitely did not. Yeah, I kind of, I, th- I thought I would, I don't know, Petey would know a little more. I was kind of, um, you know, especially in, in the first years when I'd say my first four or five years with, you know, the guys that were there, there were so many veterans. The league was so different back then. It was, everyone was 30 to 35, 36, 37. And, you know, there were guys on our team that had, you know, kids running around, the kids closer in age to me than they were. <laughs> to them. So it was, it was kind of, um, it was one of those things. I, I mean, I always tried to fit in, act, act myself, but I don't think I was um, as I don't know. I don't want to say like as outgoing as I was maybe towards the end of my uh, tenure there. But but what happened though, Keith? And you, take you back to the locker room. The one thing when Keith Yandel walked into a room, things were relaxed, things were light. Yeah. On the ice, he's a competitor. There's no question. He competed to the best of his abilities. He played hard every night. Not saying that he didn't. But he understood, and this is from the outside looking in, Keith Yandel always understood it was a game. And you know what? I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to have fun with it. And I'm going to compete. And I want to win. But I'm going to have fun. Which brings me to my next point. (laughs) Okay. And it became a thing of legend that followed Keith Yandel around for years after the fact. But I was there on TV when they let me out of the dungeon watching (laughs) Keith Yandel behind the net. And he... He faked a pass from behind the net and the forward standing in front of the net of the opposing team bought the pass and he went the other way and Yans goes, sonk ya. <laughs> and then he made the pass out the other side. And you're like, literally just did that in a national hockey league game. The mic picked it up, heard it. And you're like, he just did that in a national <laughs> hockey league game, made fun of an opposing player. Goes years later, they make a T-shirt of it in Florida. The Shantia. So yeah. Keith, people in our chat are saying it right now. And but it was a thing. Like it wasn't. I don't know if he meant it to be this big national. <laughs> hey, let's make a T-shirt. It's like I'm having a great time out here. I just fooled you. You bought it, and I beat you. And it's funny. Can you take us back? What that like your persona on the ice? Like what's that like to one to song somebody? And how does that begin? <laughs> Sonked, yeah. yeah, it was kind of, and, and I, I always give you credit for, um, you, you were the one I remember after that game, I, I believe it was in Colorado. Um, and it was kind of, it, it was before, like now there's mics everywhere and right. kind of before, before, like you, you never knew where a mic was. Right. So then you were never given the heads up about it. And I remember you pulling me into your uh, your dungeon after and and said you were like what the hell did you just say? <laughs> I know. Like, and I'm like I'm like oh I always say like I just you know I just keep in, in, like it, I do little things on the bench like whether it is just to keep my I don't know keep it loose keep it you know having fun um, you know and you know you know sitting on a bench too like there's some guys who get so uptight and there are guys that need you know, a little relaxing before a shift, like you can tell whether you're gripping the the stick too tight or whatever the case is that, you know, you say, you know, a little one liner and it might ease them a little bit and, um, you know, kind of help them out the next shift. But uh, for me, I always did stuff like that during the game just to keep myself entertained. Um, Never meant for it to kind of take on the life that it did. Just kind of, it was one of those things that I did just, um, 
giving myself a little bit of uh, pleasure and, and, and having fun with the game. Cause like you said, at the end of the day, it's still a game we're, we're all out there where we're having fun. But um, yeah, it, it was also one of those things too, where if, if I knew I was passing it to the left side, when you have this center or winger swinging to the left corner, I would fake pass it to the right, maybe to get that guy to bite a little bit, to give that guy more space. So it wasn't, wasn't just to kind of get a guy to, to, you know, make them look foolish or whatever. It was just kind of, it was to give my teammate, the guy next to me a little bit more time and, and uh, take away a little bit of pressure uh, from him. Really quick. We have somebody in our chat responding best hockey term ever. It's on my license plate. So like, <laughs> how does it go from that? That's amazing. That guy's got the song. Yeah, I, license I know, I know who that guy is. He's a great man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Lesser known thing that Shane told me about what is juicy. Something you did with Derek Morrison. You know yeah, what I'm talking so about here? Mo used to always say, Petey, you too. I mean, everyone said it too. I think Jason Rudy, I don't know who started it. I definitely didn't start that. <laughs> Mo used to say, anytime someone made a good uh, breakout pass or or um, it was a lot of time used for when everyone, whenever someone made a nice sauce pass, you know, Mo would just yell, juice. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Fun, Derek Morris, Mr. Fun yeah. in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Old grumpy pants. Exactly. <laughs> so as fun as Yans was, Mo would probably, Mo, lovely human being, love the guy, but he was the not the fun, lighthearted <laughs> gentleman in the locker room that Keith Yano was. That's or, a fair term. Or with media. On, yeah. on breakup day of his last season, Sarah McClellan and I are talking to him. And we're like, so would there be a chance to talk to you in the offseason? He goes, you'll never hear from me again. <laughs> Ever. That was it. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. Here you go. That, that, that's, that's what you love about Mo. And um, Mo was so good to me. My, my you know, my years in Phoenix, um, I he was – I don't know if he got traded or signed with Boston. Um, I lived at his house when he wasn't there, and then we traded back for him. Um, and then we were roommates for a little bit and had to move out. I was—I don't think we had kids yet, but you know, I was definitely married and living at his house. And just the just the guy that was—I don't think I paid for a meal in my first no. four or five years. He was the most generous. Uh, <laughs> you know, obviously when you when you look at him, he's a big, scary, tough-looking guy, but he is in. If he ever hears this, he'll probably text me and say yep, he's going to tell me. But he he is a sweetheart of a man, unbelievable human being. A, a guy that would give you the shirt off his back, his last dollar. Um, just just a true true gentleman of the game. Do you think that's part of the chemistry, Keith, for the teams that were playoff teams uh, uh, under Dave Tippett? That that little run they had in the late 2010, 11, 12. Do you think that camaraderie and that that bond helped propel that team? 100%. I think if you look at those teams, um, there was, and I'm sure you've seen it too, like you would never see two or three guys going out to dinner. Like we were rolling 10, 12 guys deep. Like there was no nights where it was just a handful of guys. Like we had every guy, whether they were, I mean, we had a lot of Czech guys, but the Czech guys would come out to dinner with us. And, you know, you see it later on in your career, the Russians will hang out together. The Czech guys will hang out together. But we had everyone pulling from the same rope. Um, you know, obviously that stems from leadership from, you know, guys like Donor, Mo, uh, Jovo, Marty Hansel, like guys like we were all in together. Um, you know, we knew the game that we were playing wasn't anything fancy or, or, you know, the way Tip wanted us to play, but it was, uh, you know, we were definitely a team where 
when we were in that locker room, everyone cared about each other. Everyone loved each other. And uh, those are some special days for sure. I got to ask an origin story. Um, <laughs> your nickname here was Jelly. I think everyone knows why by now because of your thanks initials. To thanks to Shane. Doan. Yeah, thanks to Shane. Don't <laughs> told us on a prior episode. But there's some confusion about where this nickname came from. So maybe you can enlighten us. So did Donor think he came up with it? No, he said your uncle. No, he said your uncle did. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I, I was called that my whole life. Like <laughs> my uncles always called me. Like Jeff when you were four, and, they were calling you that. Oh yeah, I mean, as long as long as I can remember, my uncle, my one uncle, has a deep voice. He go, "What's up, Jelly Man?" And, uh, <laughs> so, I, but I I didn't know what it meant till I was probably like 14, 15, 16 <laughs> years old. I was just had no clue. I just thought they just called me it and. Um, yeah, it just kind of stuck. They still call me that to this day. And I'd say my uncles and donor are still kind of the only guys that still call me that. <laughs> I have a question, though. And this is revisionist history of a story that happened. You probably remember it was in Denver. Our plane broke down. We didn't have a plane. And we had to wait for the Denver Nuggets plane to fly in to Denver. From we were Utah. in Denver. Yeah, we were there watching the game on the it locker room. Christmas Eve, by Christmas the way. Eve, oh, no. Christmas Eve, and it lands at between four and five a.m. True story. Like that was horrific. Remember? We're stuck, but watching the um, Nuggets get off the plane and different little swagger than the NHL team did have at that time. Allen Iverson was on the team. True story. Carmelo. Mello. Oh, it was Mello. It was Carmelo Anthony. And hey, I was on the story team. goes like this. And I can't believe it's true, so I'm going to ask you because it comes into the jelly. The Denver Nuggets are off the plane. We've been waiting in the airport for five hours oh, God. for Christmas yeah. to get home, and they're taking their time playing cards. They finally get off in their mink coats, and they're going by. <laughs> and this is the story. I got to ask if it's true. Keith Yandel says to Carmelo Anthony, he goes, yo, Mello. <laughs> and the answer back was, sup, jelly. And he walked no. off. Cannot be a true story. <laughs> I, I don't remember that. Um, I do remember guys because they remember they sat on the plane on the plane like playing cards, finishing their card game no. at five in the morning. Well, we want to get home playing cards. Guys on our team wanted to go on the plane and like just start fist fighting everyone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, for sure. And I think remember they they took us out to a dinner like the plane company. I think we went to like Elways or something. We went like to that. Elways out in Cherry Creek. Right. Yeah. And uh, I remember guys were so mad and I'm just like, yeah, hey, what I really like, what, what can you do here? And, and just something happened when they came off the play and I tried to make light of the whole situation. And, and you know, because our guys were like standing there with their yeah. bags, waiting there, just like mean Hot. mugging guys as they came off. And I remember making a joke and I can't imagine that uh, Carmelo Anthony knew who I was. <laughs> but it made for a better story. So we're going to go with it. And okay, I'm yeah. going to rewrite history, and that's how I'm going to go with <laughs> the Denver Nuggets story from here on out. Just letting you know. Yeah. It was a good, it, it was, that was a fun day, though. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we'll get to more tales from the road in a minute. Um, I want to ask, in your Arizona, in your time with Arizona, who controlled the music in the locker room? I don't know if it was you or not. And then if you were the one controlling it or not, how has your music taste evolved since your days in Arizona in the beginning? uh that was i remember the first few years it was kind of it was during the still the cds in the locker room uh you kind of just put on a cd and kind of listen to whatever was on it um and then it got to the the ipods where you could plug them in but i'll tell you who the biggest 
if he didn't like a song, he went up and you guys will probably never guess who it is, but he would go, PD would know, but if he, there was a song on with, you know, language that he didn't like or whatever, this guy would go up and just completely shut it off and there'd be no more music the rest of the day. And uh, that man is the legend himself, Stan Wilson, um, <laughs> equipment manager, and no one would ever say anything to Stan because he's Stan the man, right? Exactly. That's how it so. should be. <laughs> Yeah, he, he he was very mindful of the lyrics of songs. He <laughs> did not if there were if there was cussing and and you know words that shouldn't be said, he would he'd go or if it wasn't a country song, he would just go up, <laughs> yeah, that's the pull truth. the pull the plug and say, "All right, that's it," and we'd have to sit in silence for the next thirty minutes getting ready for a game. So that had but, to pair uh, well with oh, your musical taste, right? Yeah, no, it was not good. He didn't. <laughs> I I didn't even dare to tell Stan that I liked rap music. It not a big kinda, country fan, no. Yeah, I would just I'd tell him how much I loved country, but I didn't know one person. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, the only guy I really can remember controlling the DJ was uh, obviously Biz was Biz. was big on Biz yeah. was big on it. I used to because call him he wasn't in uniform; DJ. he was in street clothes. He had his suit on. Yeah, which was easy. Yeah, he'd ha he'd have his sunglasses on, yeah. just playing music like he was in Vegas, um, not getting ready for the game, so it was easy. Yeah, uh, so he he was definitely the main one that i remember and then scotty upshaw he was another guy that was always on the ones and twos um other than that i can't really remember don't donor would put his two cents in and want some stupid country song but he, <laughs> he liked a lot of he liked a lot of childish songs like um like what was it afro jack remember that guy <laughs> yeah he, he used to like songs like that just like funny catchy songs donor and like songs that kids would like donor like you would just get a <laughs> kick out of them which is always fun to see a you know six foot three 230 pound man listening to like teeny bop stuff so uh yeah he was he, other than that i think uh yeah i'd say biz and up here are kind of the two guys that come to mind when it comes to the music scene and uh my days there <laughs> um Kind of coming to the end of your time with the Coyotes, what do you remember of those final days, you know, before you were traded to New York? You know, Shane Doan spoke to Craig about what he remembers from those, you know, final days. What do you remember? Um, I'd say the main thing that I remember was, um, and I think that I talked to Craig about this. I didn't, it, it was a couple of years before and the year before, you know, my name had been out there in the trade rumors and, thought I was going to get traded and, you know, never wanted to be traded, but, you know, it did be stressful times. And then I remember, uh, I think it was, you know, a week or two before the deadline, Don Maloney and donor, they were like, you're not getting traded. Uh, you're going to be here. You're going to be a coyote, whatever. And then that day the trade deadline came and I was at, um, Zabanek McCulloch's kid's birthday party. And I, there was no cell service in there and I came out of the jumpy house place and had a missed call. And I was like, Oh no. Mm. And, um, yeah, Don had called me and said, he had traded me. Um, I, I don't think he told me right away. And I was like, Oh man, where am I going? And then he said, New York. And, you know, they had an unbelievable team that year. So I was a little bit relieved, but, um, yeah, it was kind of one of those things where I was, a little bit scared to go to a new team kind of all i'd known was in phoenix uh you know all the guys i'd been around those guys for so long uh i was very comfortable there and then going to a new team was a little a little frightening but um yeah i i, I do remember when donor came over to my house one of the hardest 
you know, couple hours I had just kind of dealing with that with him, with a guy that you look up to so much and that you owe so much to. It was kind of, um, you know, it was, it was a sad, you know, couple, you know, hours with him. And, um, but obviously my, my time in New York, I cherished that and, um, you know, was lucky to go to a good team, good organization. But you look at it, and when you trade a player like Keith Yandel, and I was there when they traded Kachuk and Roanuk, and like it just happens. It's part of the business, it's part of the game, but that's when a franchise takes a turn and evolves in a different direction. Usually and when, a step back. When, when Keith back. left, you go, wait a minute, Yans is a coyote. Like he was a coyote. He was like the 2012, the run, like the, that bond, and you go, oh shit, that's over now. Yep. Like we're done with that. We're going, the page is turning and we're going to start over. And that's when I think it, it's hard for everybody that is in an organization. You want to win. And you all of a sudden you go, Oh, we're done trying to win for a bit. And, and that's when it's sad. Cause at the time that you traded Keith Yandel, he had a lot, a lot of gas in the tank. Like he was, he was the leader on the blue line. Like he, he was the guy and, and it was Dave really Tippett hard. Said he thought you were at your peak at that point too. hundred yeah. percent yeah. was. Yeah. And that was, that was the hardest part. I think from the inside looking out is like now, like we're going to do this right now. And, and I think that was the realization. Oh, oh no, we got it. We were going another direction. So it was really sad to see you go, but you talk about Shane Doan being one of those guys you looked up to when you first come in 18, 19, 20, is there somebody else either in the organization or in the league that you either modeled yourself off? Like, Hey, here's a guy I should follow. Here's a guy that does it the right way. Here's a guy I should model my career and the way I work on and off the ice. Follow this guy. Yeah. So my, my biggest uh, idol growing up was, I mean, that's all you knew was Ray Bork. And, um, you know, it was before the NHL network where you could watch other teams. And, you know, you didn't have access to guys like people do now where, you know, guys' stories. You can watch their games, even if they're not in the same city that you live in. And uh, so Ray, Ray Bork was my guy growing up. And just from a hockey stance and seeing a guy and, um, you know, his son being one of my good friends is is – I was able to have access to his life and, you know, see what it was all about. And, um, you know, he coached us in high school. Um, but then when you get to the NHL, that, that kind of, um, you know, obviously you're not going to be a Ray Bork. He's, you know, one of the best defensemen to ever play. And, uh, you know, you see, for me, I remember seeing Shane and, and seeing how he treated everyone not not just the players like the equipment staff the coaches the the media the people at the rink um you know anyone you run into a fan at the street like yeah i remember going to the movie theaters with him and, and someone recognizing him and donor being and you know i just grabbed my popcorn and go in the in the movie and then you know 25 minutes later donor comes in i'm like dude where were you he's like oh i was talking to that guy he's he's a fan and i'm like you, you see guys like that and the way they treat people and you know, he, he's definitely the, I, I'd say besides my parents, um, you know, my biggest role model, uh, ever is, is, is Shane and just the way I was able to, you know, see the way he treated people, see the way he treated his family, uh, his teammates, the game, like the way he treated the game was probably the biggest thing that I took from him. Just appreciating every day in the NHL, which, you know, I, I did and, you know, maybe if I was drafted by another team and didn't meet a guy like Donor, you know, who knows if I would have, you know, it's just one of those things. I was so lucky to have a, a, a mentor like him where I was able to learn from, you know, the, you know, the, one of the best, 
you know, obviously I think he's a Hall of Fame guy, a uh, Hall of Fame player, but, you know, he's world-class Hall of Fame guy as well. So mm. I was uh, definitely lucky enough to kind of be able to learn from him and, and have a front row seat to, you know, his career and, and most like everything he did on and off the ice was just, you just wanted to do half as good as him. And I don't think anyone will ever live up to how he treated everyone, but uh, you, you definitely appreciate, uh, you know, even if anyone tries a little bit. Keith, I know I asked you about this for the story as well, but you passed Doug Jarvis to become the NHL's all-time Iron Man. Um, finished 11 games shy of 1,000. Phil Kessel's going to pass you with eight games more played. No, don't know how you feel about that, but how do you process all of that? What was the whole experience like, both passing it, then not getting a chance to go for 1,000 and knowing it's probably going to be a short-lived record? Yeah, that, um, anytime you can, you can have a record in anything, it's, um, you know, it's, it's obviously special. I know this one's going to be short lived, but, you know, to see a guy like Phil, a guy that I know, a guy that I'm friends with, um, you know, and the guy's a winner. He's won. He's, he shows up every night. He's a competitor. Um, definitely, definitely happy for him, obviously, um, to be able to break that record and, you know, it, it, it takes a lot of toll on you when, you know, you're leading up to it. When people start talking about it three, four, five years out, it's, you know, it's a lot. It was kind of one of those things I didn't love talking about. I just kind of wanted to play the game. But, um, you know, I know for Phil, I'm definitely happy for him. He's a guy that deserves it. Um, definitely no bitter feelings towards it or anything. And uh, just to just to have the record for, you know, very short time, it, 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 it it's it's meant a lot to me and um you know something i took a lot of pride in but um yeah definitely going to be happy for him and you know, i'll be watching that game for sure how does a guy play 989 consecutive nhl games <laughs> how does that happen a lot a lot of luck uh good good trainers um you know another thing i love for the game i love a lot of it too is uh I got a really bad case of uh, FOMO, fear of missing out. Uh, so I always wanted to just be around. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things. I love being at the rink more than anything. And just the little things, like even you're not feeling good going into a game, something's hurting you, and just that whole mindset of just, all right, you got to you gotta battle through this and, and getting that out of yourself and testing yourself and testing your body and your mindset. It was um, – you know, it was something that it took, it took a lot, but it, it was, uh, at the end of the day, it was, it was, it was all worth it. Can you imagine being a kid in Boston playing a, a street hockey, road hockey, and you someday become not Wayne Gretzky, not Gordie Howe, not Bobby Orr, the player to play the most consecutive games in the history of the national hockey league is Keith Yandel. Like that absolutely blows me away. And they don't yep. diminish that record. That is absolutely phenomenal. And literally just, wow, get chills thinking about how hard that is to accomplish when all of the people that have come before him and will play after him to accomplish that is absolutely amazing. But now <laughs> I'm changing directions. So one of the things we do here to kill time in the summer is we have shows called... Tales from the Road. And I would talk about different things that happened on road trips. And, you know, like we talked about the, the misplane in Denver. We had Shane Doan on, and we've got a new edition that we call the Prank Edition. So what I'm going to ask you, put you on the spot, 
I'm looking for a prank and you can't do it anymore because kids will call their agent and their moms and they'll start crying. Can't cut somebody's tie when they're asleep because it costs 2000 bucks. So, but you could back then when Keith was playing. So oh, yeah. I am going to ask you Keith Yandel right now for your tales from the road prank edition. Either you had to have played the prank or you had to have had the prank played against you in your time as an NHL player. Um, Lucky the the one prank I I remember that I think it was Mike York got me with was um it was before remember uh so now obviously like every every car is you know the 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 key is you walk up to it you can open it you can start it um but back then you you had to you know put the key in to start the ignition and he he sewed my pants the pants pocket of my suit he sewed the uh the pants pockets with three other guys car keys in there and just <laughs> leaving leaving the rink obviously you don't put your hands in your pocket i was walking out to my car after the game and tried to put my hand in there and it's completely sewed shut and you have to go back into the to the rink and have the trainers you know surgically repair it out and it's <laughs> done yeah, there's three three guys, three, you know, an Audi, a Mercedes, and a BMW uh, set of keys in your in your pocket. You're like, who did this? And you look over, Yorkie's just giggling. So that was a good one. Um, the old, uh, which never happened to me, but uh, the, the uh, on the road when you'd put your your shoes underneath the uh, the seat or whatever, uh, guys would nail them into the into the ground. Which was always a good one. After a game, you go to take your shoes out, and they'd be nailed into the ground. And <laughs> you know, ninety nine percent of the time, you're rushing to get on the bus. So uh, it'd be funny to see a guy come in with uh, no shoes or the or the shower sandals on, and just leave their <laughs> brand new pair of uh, Gucci shoes in in the visitors' team locker room. <laughs> oh that was God. always a good one. Um, you can't do that now. Yeah, I, and I'm not kidding about agents and parents. And I you know. can't. You literally couldn't do that. That's a two thousand dollar pair of shoes. What do you like? You couldn't do it. Like guys would literally. Literally be in tears crying. The keys, the keys one, Todd Simpson, literally the worst keys one all time. Yeah, I remember. Wasn't on the ice, went into everybody's stall during practice, took everybody's key ring, put them all on the floor. Everybody's mail key, house key, car key, mixed them all together. Good luck, guys. (laughs) 20 guys that everybody's house key looks the same. Good luck. That's one of the worst all what, time. Didn't, didn't he get traded that day? And he did it when <laughs> no the day he got traded and he was gone. By the were you there for the blue gloves the or the purple gloves? No, no, I wasn't. But I heard. Yeah, we'll that. have to talk oh, about another that another day. day. Stan still upset about that. <laughs> we yeah, he is. We, we uh, I used to be able to do a good Dave Tippett impression. So I would call guys rooms on the road and be like, "Hey, Tip, uh, when you come up to my room, get a couple questions for you." <laughs> And I'd tell them I'd tell them my room number and they'd come up and I'd look at them through the peephole, they'd be all nervous and everything, and then I'd open the door and just we'd have a good good chuckle. I, I never I never really did anything that was really good. Really did anything to, tippet, by the way. to harm anyone or it was it was all just for a laugh. I never really um ruined anyone's clothes or you know, that was kind of 
I, I more did things just to get a laugh from myself. <laughs> oh, man, those are good. Um, one last question, and then we'll let you go. You've been so generous with your time. But, you know, just overall, you know, now that you're retired, we're looking back on your career and your time with Arizona was a significant portion of your time as an NHL player. How will you remember your time as a Coyote? Absolutely loved it. Um, you know, one of those places I was – fortunate enough to to get my feet wet in the nhl and and to start my career there um you know a place that's very uh you know when I, even when i think about it it's just kind of everything in my life um you know whether it's getting married having kids you know both my kids were born there um spent their first couple of years uh in in arizona so for me it's just kind of everything goes back to arizona um you know, obviously getting a chance to play in the NHL for a team, you know, I'm not going to lie. It was a team I didn't really know too much about when I came into the NHL, but, um, you know, now it's, it, it, it's, it's a team that means so much to me, just, you know, to be able to call myself a coyote and, um, you know, something I take great pride in. I have a, uh, bubble hockey game in, in, in my, uh, in my game room here with the big coyotes logo on it. And, you know, just, just one of those things where I, I, I take a lot of pride in being a coyote and very uh, grateful for uh, my time there. And uh, I, I golfed with Wayne yesterday and, and um, you know, his, his brother, Keith was the one, him and um, oh, what's the other guy's name from Canton. They, they, they were the guys that drafted me and, um, you know, obviously t- took a chance on me and, um, you know, very grateful for that. And, uh, it absolutely adored my time there and, you know, a a place that's very special to me. Well, thank you so much for your time. We can't thank you enough. I know everyone was really excited to hear from you. So we appreciate your time and hopefully we can maybe catch up with you again. Yeah. Honestly, Keith, we we need to do this again because I, I forget some of these stories and these memories and all the things that I know I was on the periphery on the outside looking in, but all of these things, uh, this was a good show, and I, I I appreciate you taking the time. And are you in Jovo's house now, the old one? Were you on that trip when we went? And- oh, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> That's a whole nother show. Um, oh, but yeah. thanks again, buddy, and and let's do it again soon. Yeah, absolutely. And just so you guys know, uh, Petey, this is the first compliment you've ever given me. Um, so I, <laughs> I appreciate you that. And uh, no, seriously, though, I miss you guys, and I appreciate you having me on. Awesome. Thanks, Jans. Enjoy the beach. Enjoy the family. Enjoy the sun, buddy. Uh, we'll, we'll catch up with you again soon. Steve Lyons, by the way, is the guy you were trying to think of. Steve Lyons. With the thick Boston accent. Yep. <laughs> yep. What a great guy. All right. Thanks, Thank bud. you so much. Thanks, guys. Later, Jelly. Bye. Well, thank you again to former Coyote Keith Yandel. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah, that was fun. Great that was personality. Fun. I think everyone remembers him for his wow. his fun personality. Um, and it is weird to think about Keith Yandel not in the league. You know, he's been a staple in the league for so long, but he seems really at peace with with his decision. And, and you know, I want to get into more of what he said in a little bit. But I was thinking as he was talking, as you were saying, oh, he's not in the league. It's just it's just so and especially the Ironman, which happened literally last season. So now, you know, looking at all these NHL games, by the way, right now. There is an NHL game on. I know. Now. And we're doing this. It's great. Right yeah. now. 
Yeah. So thank you everyone Global for series. being here. Um, and I hope some people put some money on it on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. I got a notification from DraftKings this Nashville, morning. Minus one I was half. really excited to see like a hockey is back message from DraftKings. Um, but if you didn't get your money in on this game, that's okay because there's plenty of opportunities to get money in on DraftKings. And now I'm going to send it to Sean for our DraftKings pick of the week. Sean, what do you have for us? Um, well, you're going to like this one. I know you were saying hockey's back, but also playoff baseball starts today. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a little uh, a little over an hour, the Toronto Blue Jays take <gasps> on the Seattle Mariners. Dun, dun, dun. Um, I believe it's 21 years in, in, since the Mariners have been to the playoffs. <laughs> yep. um, and it's not going to start off on a right foot. Um, I think the Blue Jays wow. are going to win tonight. Alex Manoa has been locked in. Luis Castillo has not necessarily been locked in. Um, so I'm taking the Blue Jays minus one and a half at plus 170 as my DraftKings Sportsbook All right. pick of the week. I love it, Sean. Wow. This series might ruin some of my relationships, but we'll talk about that <laughs> another time. Um, if you want to tail Sean's DraftKings pick of the week, you can do so. On DraftKings right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. And if that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? And to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Simple, download the DraftKings Sportsbook, use the promo code PHNX, that's code PHNX at DraftKings, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply, see show notes for details, and of course, throughout this show, we've been enjoying our Four Peaks beer, <sighs> PD hat. His, this is his second kill lifter, yeah, by the a, way. It's noon. It's almost it's, it's noon. It's 11.50. 11.50. I'm at my Craig second. Has I've got the wow. The wow. Work, work, work. day drinking beer. Yep. It is. And oh, really Sean and I have gold, the golden lager, which is just a great... Like I had yeah. a golden lager. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. So we're enjoying our four peaks. Um, we have a great event coming this Friday. I'm excited. I know a couple of um, the people in the Coyotes Discord got tickets because these tickets were available to members only, and for then they hours. sold out they in don't. less than a day um, for the ASU the first the home opener, the ASU hockey yep. home opener mm-hmm. at Mullet Arena. So we're really excited to t- tailgate that game this Friday or a week from today now at Four Peaks. Um, we have some more events coming soon, so stay tuned. You must be 21 or older to drink the beer and enjoy responsibly, but check out the A Street Pub. It's great for all ages because they have wonderful food and the ghost tours right now, which are really fun as well. Um, any notes from the Keith Handel interview that you wanted to touch on? I was just glad that we got to share a lot of stories because when, when you do this many interviews for a for a written story, you just can't include everything. You just yeah. can't fit everything into a story. So I'm glad we got to hear some more of those oh stories. Oh my God. <laughs> Seriously. This is Someone classic. is calling in. Total classic. This is classic. <laughs> yeah. Well, can we bring in our special guest? Yes, who's calling in? Who, who, who's fun. calling in right now? Our special <laughs> guest that was literally supposed oh to call God. in an hour ago. Somebody is late calling in. Are we? Where's my surprise face wait, right now? Wait. 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 I cannot be late when I have no service. I'm literally in the middle of Alberta. I'm getting into my truck. I hope I have more service in there. <laughs> You've got to be. Shane, and by the way, there? There we go. Donor, I will tell you this, because we just had yes. a 45-minute interview with one of the best human beings that it's ever worn a Coyote jersey in Keith Yandel. And you'll have to go back and listen to this, Donor, because all he did was praise yeah, you did. and how big of an influence you had on his career. And um, so go back and listen to it. But we really needed you, you to him. call about a half hour ago. So thanks. 
Well, I, I, you come out to Alberta and see where I'm at and see if you get any service. Good. Yeah. To be in a certain area to get service. Is it, is it Thanksgiving already? Yeah, it's Thanksgiving. On, on Monday. Monday's Thanksgiving here. <laughs> well, since we're here and we have you, I want I want to give you the opportunity. It's like when you have a guest on the Tonight Show, you got to pitch your upcoming projects. We're yes. going to talk about Gracie because Gracie's oh, yes. movie is coming out in Shocktober on the Lifetime Movie Network. No way. Yep, it is. I saw yep. the commercial. Yeah, yep. It's it, but they changed the name, I believe. I don't know. We can't find it. It was stealing in suburbia at one time. Look at it. She's wearing a toque and a Letterman jacket. Look for the the yep. commercial on your Lifetime Movie yep. Network. She looks great in the I commercial. And, and she's she's doing another one. She's shooting like a little scene, I think, on Tuesday with the, with the same director doing something else. A couple, well, she's there for two or three days. So she's excited. She's having a fun time. Well, and then after this, Donor, because I know you listen to our show every day because that's you literally <laughs> yeah. have all the time to do that. <laughs> but you need to go back and listen to this because there were a lot of stories that you got to relive a lot of your career and the time I spent with the Coyotes with Keith Yandel. Some playoff moments, some pranks, and honestly, some really touching stories Very with Keith touching. Yandel. So please go back and listen. Yeah. I also need I, to point. Go ahead. Go. No, no, no. I will for sure. For sure. I got to point out, first of all, I, I I understand that you're in the middle of Alberta and cell service is not good, but you don't have a good reputation with cell service anyway, <laughs> so let's let's face it. But I just texted Keith to tell him that you just showed up on the show and he says he's going to be late for his own funeral. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Donor, I tell you what, I, we're, we're going to see you this. We were just talking about this. We're going to see you next weekend. Because yes. next week, the 14th, it is uh, the home opener for the ASU Sun Devils yeah. at the Mullet. And your son currently is sitting in my hometown of Bemidji getting ready to play yes. the Beavers tonight. I'll be tuning in to that game. One eye on that, one eye on the Coyotes. Will you get a chance to watch the game tonight? I will try to figure it out. I hope mom and dad have service out. Like <laughs> We can usually figure something out at the around the house if you have Wi-Fi. Yeah, it's on Flow stuff. Hockey. If you're FLO, Flow Hockey. So just Flow Google Hockey. It. Okay. FLO. They were they were on something different last weekend. We yeah, I know. There was something different. It's on Bemidji State's games on Flow Hockey. Yeah, it depends on the. It's like we're just sitting here talking. It. There are people trying to watch. Like, okay, we got we got to go to lunch. We got stuff to do here. <laughs> Sorry, Donor. Oh my goodness, no, Donor. It's great right. to well, see you, buddy. Can we get you? you guys. I'm going to put you on the spot <laughs> while you're in Alberta. Can we get you live yeah. in the studio? Sometime in the next six months. <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. You will have me live in the studio in the next Amazing. six months. Okay. Amazing. And we are going to have yeah. you sign. There's a mural with Shane Doan on the mural. Have you we seen would, it? It's really cool. Actually, I showed him a picture last okay. time. We'd love to have you sign the mural. So please. That would both. be cool. Okay. That would be cool. Well, we appreciate you calling in, even though uh, we missed the window with Keith Yandelon, but <laughs> we appreciate it nonetheless. It was a great surprise for everyone. Happy Thanksgiving, buddy. Happy yeah, Thanksgiving. Happy Take Thanksgiving. care, buddy. Thanks. See you guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, the intention was to surprise Keith Yandel with Shane Doan calling, but that was classic. So was, I enjoyed that, was that. So on brand. Yeah. I Perfect. really enjoyed that. <laughs> that was hilarious. Um, it is Canadian Thanksgiving this weekend. So, um, but excited that he committed to joining us here in yeah, studio and it's perfect right now we're in our three chairs we have a fourth chair they're very comfortable i'm very excited to welcome him into our studio because of how it's decorated and that's all thanks to more furniture who outfitted our entire studio and if you're looking to buy some new furniture sean is getting a new apartment by the way he needs seriously he needs to furnish the whole thing and he's i know he's on more yeah. more is 
Paul Sale. It's, it, it, the, my apartment is brought to you by More Furniture. More Furniture <laughs> sponsored by More Furniture. Um, and if you, you'll receive a $100 gift card for every $1,000 you spend at More Furniture's Fall Sale at morefurniture.com. So definitely check it out. And if you're looking to, for some extra decor or you're just you know getting into the spirit, we talked about Arizona State starting hockey if you want to grab some gear head over to foco they have the best arizona merchandise with officially licensed gear for men women and kids and everything from bobbleheads to swimsuits to crocs and this week they have brand new cardinals hoodies for all the cardinals fans out there the ultimate loungewear similar to a snuggie which craig has many he admitted the other day just two just okay. that's more than one so it's many <laughs> head on over to foco.com for all non-presale items use the promo code phnx for 10 percent off okay I'm going to hand it to Craig because he has a few things he needs to address. Well, first of all, I think a number of you out there know by now that I'm often mistaken for the country music singer, Craig Morgan, the the more famous Craig Morgan. I'm going to reveal the truth to you today. The truth is that we're one in the same. (laughs) Wow. Country Um, thunder right there. Chef DeGolier, thank you very much for, uh, you know, sending a nice letter to me. And also, uh, Jeff DeGolier, who's a big Coyotes fan, follows us all over. We, we've seen Jeff. We saw him at we a recent event. Tucson, yep. We did. Yep. Down in Tucson. Well, Jeff sent me, you know, a, a copy of one of my CDs. <laughs> the Craig God the Family Craig Country. Morgan CD? Asked me if I would sign it for him. So I'm going to sign it. And while I do this, Sean, can you put up my, my upcoming tour dates? <laughs> Here is the Craig Morgan. Obviously, I'm going to be at the Grand Ole Opry tonight. So right <laughs> tonight, after the show, Craig. I'm going to hop on a plane. Get moving. I mean, it helps wow. when you have an Airstream, though. So you can't wait quick, for that one. So. I'll go ahead and sign this for Jeff. I'll get it back to him at some point soon. Oh, my. And you're going to Mason City, Iowa. We're yeah, here in the yeah. heartland. That's right, buddy. Love it. <laughs> Just in time for Coyote's opening night. But now I need to get more serious for a moment. <laughs> Speaking of another PHNX avid listener and watcher, Karen McKenzie, thank you so much for the case of Nutter Butters that you sent me. I've got a, a packet right here. Everyone knows that I like Nutter Butters. Everyone knows... It's in my contract that I have Nutter Butters <laughs> and Pellegrino at a specific temperature. Rarely are these uh, conditions of my contract met, so thank you for taking care of that, Karen. Unfortunately, I've got some serious news for you. <laughs> all of our listeners, all of our viewers, and PHNX family, there's a thief among us. <laughs> Here's the photographic evidence of someone who stole some of my Nutter Butters. It has been made pretty clear to the entire staff that these are my Nutter Butters. In fact, Sean DePaz keeps them under lock and key in a safe in his office. Somehow, <laughs> someone got into the Nutter Butters and then was brazen enough <laughs> brazen enough to leave the <gasps> Nutter Butters on their desk. So we've, we've launched an investigation to see what's going to be. We're going to dust for fingerprints, and we will get oh, no. to the bottom of this. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a hint. There's Don't a hint on the screen. That's all I have to say one. for now. It's just... It's really disappointing. Wow. <laughs> Nick said, I just audibly gasped. <laughs> Karen said, no. Yeah. So we we said it. With, if you're listening on audio, there was some photographic evidence. but Of who might that, have stolen. That's all we're going to say the right Brothers. now. It was a specific desk. so It was specific. I think we have a pretty good bead on the... Uh, the suspect. The culprit. Very. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> there was again. You have to go back and watch the YouTube channel to see who it was. Exactly. Guilty. Um, I know we're going long and we need to let that this person that host show. their own show. Get on their show. But this is our last like regular week. I mean, we have daytime shows next week, but 
games start next week. I'm We've sick. been doing a segment all summer long, Weekend Binge, and it's kind of our last Friday 11 a.m. show that I can think of right now. So really quick, let's just do one more Weekend Binge before yeah I, I'm a, i'll go quick i'm on i'm on a new streaming service acorn acorn it's all british australian shows i'm watching hinterland okay. and that's very deep foreign detective show hinterland on acorn okay um i've been sticking with my uh what's it called Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> Handmaid's Tale. yeah i'm there with you on that. love Handmaid's island Tale. um no i finished love island um <laughs> Handmaid's Tale, house of the dragon and Bachelor in Paradise, you Uh-oh, guys. There it is. There oh is. my God, Sean is in on Bachelor in Paradise. It's so good. It's like Love Island of Bachelor. Okay, I'm done. One addition to this, I told you guys I'm watching this. It's called The Patient with Steve Carell. Yeah. Not surprisingly, for a show that I'm watching, it's pretty dark. Very dark. <laughs> oh man, Sean, do you have any? Um, yes. Tomorrow, not 10 p.m. The one of the few F1 Grand Prix that is at a normal time in America. The Japanese Grand Prix is tomorrow on ESPN oh, at 10 p.m. That's fun. So tap in if you want to see a little I do love F1. race car action. I do really can enjoy Can you get tickets to F1? You can go. Yeah, the tickets are going to be available soon for Vegas in a year. Yep. And so that next year there will be PH Vegas, Texas. Tickets? Well, maybe. To F1? Can we try that again? Take two. Leah, can you get tickets to an F1 race? I mean, I'm sure you can check the Game Time app because that's the only place to buy tickets Funny. and you can save up to 60%, especially when you buy <laughs> last minute. I don't think you'll get to Japan in time for tomorrow night's, well, I think it's, is it Sunday it's morning? My that's true. Hitch yep. a ride morning, with yeah. Craig to Nashville. Yeah. Um, but check out Game Time. And we talked about, you know, for those who missed out on the mullet takeover on Friday for the ASU home opener, check Game Time because there might still be tickets available. Of course, like come say hi. You can always come to Four Peaks before we'll be there. So check out Game Time. You can save up to 60% when you buy last minute. Great for the procrastinators out there and not just for sporting events, but concerts and shows as well. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. So scroll down wherever you're listening. You'll see the link there. And then let us know if you've had success buying tickets on Game Time. I've heard nothing but great stories. We've had nothing but great experiences here using Game Time. So I mean, it's the place to get your tickets. And we obviously spent quite a bit of time today talking to Keith Yandel, but Craig published a story this morning on mm. gopeachnext.com that really dives deeper, talks to some, you know, some amazing people who knew Keith really well. So if you haven't had a chance to read that, I read it this morning. It's a great article. Um, become a member at gophnx.com so you can read that. It's excellent. And then you can grab a shirt. We're matching again. But this was planned today, I will say. Planned. This was unlike Tucson, this was planned. Um, grab a shirt from the PHNX locker when you sign up for an annual membership and then come join our members only Discord. It's tons of fun. And like I said, there's events that only members get first access to and we saw how fast this event sold out. So there's going to be more like that. So great, lots of great perks to becoming a member. I didn't know if you wanted to add anything no, else I'm, to that. No, just a couple stories coming. Uh, it, it's the season starting next week. So I'm going to be doing my normal preview stuff, looking at 10 questions facing the team as they start. But I've got an offbeat story coming Sunday. I think I told you guys this on a previous show. I caught up with former Coyote Justin Hodgman. Cup of coffee, co- Coyote Justin Hodgman. I think he played five games here. But his journey is just fascinating. It's just sort of a kind of a love of the game story. And with the season starting, he also just announced his retirement. So it's it's sort of a, a good time to drop this. And story. I'll do my quick plug because what just happened over the last hour here at PHNX, Keith Yandel, Shane Doan, and Coyote Hockey Talk. You know where else you can find that in Arizona? 
Exactly. <laughs> Nowhere. If you want to follow the coyotes, and I know it's going to be painful, the only place to do it in the state of Arizona is right here at PHNX. So if anything happens to the coyotes, Craig will write about it. Anything happens at a game, Lee and I are going to talk about it after. This is the only place to be for coyote stuff. So I I, I think being a part of this community for hockey fans is an absolute must. Absolutely. Um, well, we'll be back live Monday at 11 a.m. We're going to actually have an audio episode dropping Sunday. So a little Sunday. And we're not working on Sunday. We're just there's an audio drop in that day because it's the NHL season. It's start. It's go. What is that? It was a drum roll. Oh, Sounds my like God. Yeah. What the? Um, we, so we we'll, be, <laughs> we'll be live Monday and Tuesday at 11 audio episode. And then. You guys, it's post game show. Post game show Thursday. Holy shit. I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. So it's going to be a blast. Follow along. Follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore coyotes. I am going to get, whether it's the last, if it's the last thing I do, PD will dance before the home opener. Okay. Okay. I just, how about that? And if it doesn't, we'll have enough four peaks during the Thursday game show that I'll start off with that. Okay. That That's sounds good. That's a deal. So that it's seems to help happen. my dancing, by yeah. the way. Four Peaks. Yeah. Another plug for Four Peaks. Perfect. I'm a better dancer. With Perfect. I promise it'll happen. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Share it with people who are interested in hockey, interested in the Coyotes. Like Petey said, it's going to be painful. We're here together <laughs> for some pack therapy. Is dancing I, or the season? I mean, whatever, both. <laughs> exactly. Um, you can follow each of us on Twitter at Craig S. Morgan, at Leah Merrill, at S. Peters Hockey, and at Sean underscore DePaz. Thank you again to Keith Yandel for his time today and Shane Tone also for his time delayed. <laughs> but we appreciated it nonetheless. And uh, cheers, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your weekend without hockey because hockey is back next week. Cheers. cheers.